You are now listening to the Geek World Podcast. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Geek World Podcast, where we discuss comic books, anime, video games, and so much more. And I'm here with my special guest. He's done numerous voices in anime, such as Dragon Ball Super, 91 Days, Tokyo Ghoulry, My Hero Academia, and one of my personal favorites, Fire Force, and he plays Shinra, Mr. Derek Snow. Thank you for coming on the podcast, bro. My pleasure. Hello, Geek World Geek, cool people. Happy to be here, guys. Yup. 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 Such an honor, bro. I love your energy, by the way, man. It's amazing. Oh, I'm known for my subtle stuff, for sure. Yeah. Whenever, um, I, I was doing a session today, and, uh, or, or yesterday, and uh, the director of that, he's like, I, I wanted a weird, high-energy character, and I thought he was like, well, you know, that's not a shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if if somebody needs me to randomly scream really loudly, that's cool. But lately, you know, I've been doing some other shows. Like, uh, oh, there's a there's a, a show that I've been doing called Sunny Boy, which is a real downer. But as it's it's much easier to get in touch with my really soft side these days. But I can I can hit that hot stuff whenever I need to. Nice man, I see that's your versatility right there, talking. <laughs> I do try. I improv. Yes, and whenever somebody says something, I'm like, yes, yeah, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, why not? Right. So, Derek, can you tell the people like your background and uh, some about yourself? What inspired you to do voice acting? Sure. Yeah, most of you might probably know me. Yeah, most most famously as Shino Kusakabe or, or uh, Mimic in Fire Force or uh, Real in Black Clover. But uh, my first uh, anime that I recorded was uh, a show called Noreen. Uh, over seven years ago, uh, that was my first anime role, uh, a character named Kei Kimitori, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but before that, I was doing musical theater, uh, touring. Um, I did a show, uh, Peter Pan with Kathy Rigby, where I was a, a wacky, you know, like the, the character type, um, little, little fella named Shmi. And... Um, I did like TV and uh, going back uh, on camera stuff, you know, uh, a little younger, like around 2003, I was living in uh, Los Angeles and doing all, all kinds of really fun stuff. But I, I didn't do a whole lot of uh, uh, animation voiceover. I was doing like some commercial stuff. And uh, the thing about my my path that brought me into anime, I was just kind of, you know, going with the actor flow. You know, when, you, when you're an actor, you kind of have to be pretty flexible about like the things you're auditioning for, especially if you haven't made it yet. So, you know, I was just kind of, I did, I did pilots and all this crazy stuff. And of course, none of that went anywhere. Uh, I ended up, but I it did end up booking some, uh, the, like I said, uh, musical theater. And uh, I, w- I was uh, riding that wave for a while. And I did some, uh, some smaller feature films uh, doing my character. I'm, I'm five foot five. So I tend to do kind of character kind of stuff. Uh, I was doing a, a, a like a, a Christian Christmas movie called So This Is Christmas in Oklahoma. 
that's where he was shooting. And I played a character named after my favorite vehicle, uh, Geo. But in that movie, I, I acted off of uh, a really awesome voice actor in anime called, uh, his name's Brian Massey. And uh, he's, he's done lots of stuff. He ended up actually doing uh, a character in Fire Force. And he does, you know, lots of stuff in My Hero, all, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, uh, my wife and I, we were actually, we ended up in Tulsa to take care of some some family business. Uh, her, her a family member got ill, so we were in, in, in Tulsa for a while. And uh, the longer you're away from L.A., the, the less people remember you. So I wanted to find a nice market that would like, where can I go? That's like not crazy expensive like Los Angeles was. And I kind of put Dallas in my sights, Dallas-Fort Worth area, because I knew, you know, the more I, I got working, um, like uh, my pal Brian, uh, that I, you know, maybe maybe I can try some 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 voice work. And uh, I had a, a demo reel that I put together, and I started with that reel. I started doing some auditions, and my very first audition, I booked that one role, No Reen, which was awesome, but uh, it wasn't. Nowadays, like when you see like stuff on Funimation, it feels like it just immediately hits like a month after you record it. But that one, it was like a year. So after I did that one, I, I felt awesome. I was like, leave roll, nice. And then nothing. I didn't do anything with Funimation or any anime for like a full year after that. So it, it was kind of a weird, funny start. And uh, I was still doing other like acting gigs, a lot of live theater, uh, a lot of radio and, and TV still. And um, about five years ago, I just, you know, kind of went all in with it. And um, one thing led to another. And I think I started doing Black Clover around that time. And then um, the director of Fire Force, I did a show called uh, A Fairy Tale, a great character named Walito. Mm. And then that led to Shinra and, and then lots of other weird stuff. And here I am all confused and acting in anime. <laughs> nice. Mm. And see, I'm glad, like, when I was talking to this one voice actor too, and I know you brought up your theater and you doing acting, they said like voice acting, you don't just have to have a good impersonation voice, but it's a mixture between being a good actor and also having a good like a good impersonation voice. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I mean, voice acting is just acting. Sure, there are other tools that you use when you're doing voice acting, you know, but I think coming from the world of musical theater where you're using a lot like your diaphragm and you're, you're speaking out, but you're also doing character voices sometimes. Uh, some people are like they live on like doing impersonations and stuff, but I, I find generally in, in things like anime that really like you don't see people like doing impressions of like celebrities and stuff I, I notice a lot of people when they you know, like they want to i want to do voice acting and then they just do their you know their their kermit the frog voice or right. <laughs> their homer Simpson or something like that's cool but those those have already been cast man you're not gonna get that <laughs> but those you know if you can you know tweak your voice in a particular way you know use your head voice your chest voice you know uh, go a little higher use your uh par different parts of your mask these are like cult words for you know musical theater for you know how you're how you're speaking or singing or whatever but um you know right. being flexible with that is is incredible you know uh, particularly in anime when you're playing like you know <laughs> at this point you know hundreds of characters in different roles and in different shows it's good to have a little flexibility uh and um let's see i had something i was thinking about whenever i was talking about that uh i mean i feel like 
the longer I've done, the more and more younger characters I, I play. I, I didn't coming from musical theater. I, I did a lot of you know a lot of gravelly character voices like this. You know, a lot of different accents and dialects, <laughs> which you don't get to do that too much in anime, but you do. Like for example, I just uh, found out um, a, a, one of the roles that I I did uh, a great show, um, Hitalia World Stars. I did an OVA a little while ago, and I I, I just made a little tiny announcement like. <laughs> 30 minutes before this podcast came out <laughs> I was doing my Luxembourgish accent. So you never know, you know, sometimes you can, you can throw a little accent in there, but I, I find the, the best thing about doing voice acting in things like anime is really, sometimes you don't even have to put on a character voice. you just be yourself, but also good. Like you act, you act to that scene, you immediately put a, some kind of context into it so it, it feels real you know even though you know sometimes when we're doing anime you're you're speed reading you know you're reading the script almost you know immediately as you're doing this character so like you're, you're pulling this context out of somewhere and that's where these other acting tools come in um yeah yeah it, voice acting is not just doing a silly voice yeah. <laughs> it can be sometimes but that's that's the, you know 80% of it is not that. Yeah, because I know some people, they think that voice acting, yeah, like the main part is your voice, but you also have to incorporate acting into also making that voice and bringing that character alive as well. Yeah, if you don't want to suck. I mean, if you just want to do like a, a funny, you know, a character voice, it, it gets old pretty quick if it's just that one character voice. If somebody's doing a Jack Nicholson impression, boy, that gets old fast. <laughs> so you get, you got to go somewhere with it. I've heard some people do like some sweet. Sometimes I one of the tricks of doing like animated voices is if you do have, say, like, you know, a Jack Nicholson character that just kind of comes out like this. Well, you know, don't just do that. Take that like an ingredient in like, you know, a tasty little voice actor souffle. So you take that Jack Nicholson, but then maybe, you know, add something that's your own to make it unique. You know, uh, you know, throw a little sass, throw a little softer or or loudness or change the instead of, you know, being right here, you know, bring it up right about here. And, and then suddenly it's something like that. You know, it, it just kind of changes. And and but but above all, when you're doing it, try to be in my mind, I want to I want to voice like I actually belong in this scene. You know, right. I'm not just showing up and, you know, making a, a grand pronouncement and then leaving if I can help it. <laughs> exactly. So see uh, that too. Yeah. You know that makes sense because it's called voice acting for a reason. You got to like keyword on acting. You know I mean? mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, it's probably one of the reasons why you see a lot of these voice actors, even though it, it doesn't. You don't think it would necessarily apply. Uh, I know uh, loads of voice actors who you know come from Shakespeare and uh, other stuff like that. You, you know they may never have an anime sequence that ever has anything to do with Shakespeare or iambic pentameter, but like with Shakespeare in particular, or, you know, some of the old classic stuff, you are taking what is almost like a language that you don't even understand when you're reading. It's like middle English, you know, it's old, yeah. but you're, you're adding um, a swagger or uh, you're, you're, you're pushing the context into the words. So it suddenly makes sense. You know, and that's kind of what you have to do when you're reading, you know, sides in a, you know, a, a fast paced anime sometimes. Right. Um, 
Yeah, being able to. But, but then again, this is a, a really interesting industry where there's a wild, uh, you know, swath of different uh, backgrounds of people that have come in. I, I, I do know some people that haven't done any acting outside of like they just decided to try it and they just had a knack for it. It happens. It doesn't, you know, that wasn't my experience, but it, 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 it does happen. It's interesting to watch other people, <laughs> you know, without, without all those, uh, you know, maybe it's baggage at this point, you know, if they're just coming in and killing it, but I like to, I'm coming at it from my perspective. No, it's a, I feel like you having that background, it also, it, it kind of like sharpens your tools, especially on the acting side too. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of my other favorite little tools is uh, improv because, you know, sometimes, you know, you're, if you're in a session and you, sometimes the, the technical thing about dubbing is you're matching flaps. Uh, so sometimes, you know, you say a line and, you know, it's been translated and you're saying it a certain way and then you say it. And then after the thing, after the, after the take in the, in, uh, there's a, there's a cult speak word, uh, it's called a wild take. So if I know that my mouth will have the same number of flaps after the, after the take, sometimes I'll throw in a different take with the exact same timing, but like with different words and just kind of, as long as it kind of makes it the same realm to make it a little bit more real. Sometimes if I get the chance to do that, it, it works fantastically, but that's, you know, uh, improv, right. you know, my little, my little weird improv background kind of <laughs> kicking in there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's awesome. I, I'd say improv is probably the the best tool for auditions. Uh, I feel like as a voice actor, really, the biggest part of, of voice acting is the auditioning. Because, you know, you, I, I audition constantly for stuff. And I'm, and I'm booking stuff, which is great, but it's kind of a numbers game. So, like, almost, it's not quite this exactly, but, like, say, for example, I audition... For every role I book, I'm probably doing like maybe 10 auditions. So really, I'm I, like my job is auditioning sometimes. So it's kind of a different tool set, but you're using that improv to, you know, to create this character from a page. You don't even have animation to book off of. You're just creating this out of thin air. And uh, in my opinion, yeah, a little improv training really helps with that kind of stuff. For real, because I know, like, when the because, like I said, I'm not like expertise, but I know, like, somewhat that the casting director is looking for a certain voice and they're looking, they're trying to match with the um, with the character, right? And, and sometimes, what the director's mind's eye character is doesn't exactly say match the exact vocal intonation of the Japanese, uh language version, you know, because right. sometimes, you know, uh, it's just the nature of, you know, the culture. Sometimes, you know, one, sometimes, you know, one is way more melodramatic on either side or, you know, feel it just, there's a style that's like way better suited to say like a Japanese audience versus an American audience. And so like, you don't quite know what the director exactly has in mind. So I just want to make the, director's job as easy as possible when casting i want to make it so easy for them to cast me mm -hmm. <laughs> and and yeah because it is a numbers game like i do it particularly mm -hmm. with an audition and then i forget about it once you're done like first you try to you know kick butt as hard as you can at the audition you know you 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 pine for it and you just kick butt and then when you're done 
you just forget about it because, you know, you may not be a, a match for exactly what the director's looking for. But if you do really well in the audition, you know, the director thinks, you know, wow, that dude's professional. You know, he, he took this, you know, he, he was hungry, but not too hungry, not desperate. Like he, <laughs> he didn't like follow up and like try to email me asking if he got the part or anything stupid. Uh, but he like he did it he did it. he sounded professional and he also threw a couple of really interesting like uh improv like different voices at me at this part it's like man I, I have this other character in mind like yeah you know maybe I'll, I'll cast him for this other thing you know for this other show like you never know what you're doing when you do an audition you know so, so it's kind of like planting seeds that's where you're coming from I say if you may if you may not get the one you audition for you might even get something in a future project or even the side character that's how it works. I mean, I did, uh, I think the first character I did, so Kyle uh, Phillips, he's the, the ADR director for Fire Force. I think, I think the first show I ever did, um, oh gosh, Strike Witches or something like that. And I was this little, uh, this blonde haired German, he didn't have an accent, but it was almost like it was a German, Germanic character. And, uh, you know, I, I took with this little role that was started as, you know, just something almost like an extra almost like in, in anime, they, a lot of background voices they call Walla. It was almost a Walla character, mm -hmm. but he showed up again and then he had a little name and you just don't suck. <laughs> you know, when the time comes, right. you just keep doing it like, like, yeah, I belong here. And he cast me for something else later on. And he became like, he really, like I was, I was. I remember I've told this maybe this story before to the internet, but when I did audition for Shinra, he, he brought me in and uh, he had this one character in mind, but I had done a character a little gravelly that was wall in, in, in uh, uh, fairy tale, but it wasn't the same. Like it was much deeper and way crazier, a lot more manic. So he, he directed me, that's what, you know, during an audition, you, you take your training. If somebody directs you, you take their direction. You go whatever direction they want. So I initially started one way, and and he said, you know, can you go a little higher, a little younger? And I and I brought it younger. And then I, I did the audition, and I, and I was like, great, that's cool. And I forgot about it. And then, he like, I want to say, like, less than 24 hours later, I got a, like an email or something asking if I could book a three hour session. And I still didn't know who I booked. I was like, Oh, cause I read for some other people. And when I did show up and he, you know, he said, Hey dude, guess what? You're, you're here. Hey, he's like secret. You're like, it was yours to lose, man. I had you in mind the whole time. It's just, you, you didn't screw up the audition. Good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yay. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty good feeling. Cool. Not to screw it up. Factual, man. So it says, I know you, now you got Shinra and you're liking him so much. What were some of your uh, favorite cartoon or anime growing up, if you had any? Oh, let me think. Well, I, I, I'm not even sure if I consider it like classic anime, but I loved me some Voltron when I was a kid. It was an animated, like almost like a Power Rangers-esque thing where there was, uh, they all, they were like oh, kind of like Power Rangers, but kind of animated. It was like I want to say like early '80s, like '85, '86. Man, I loved Voltron. And then uh, for movies, uh, I, I, 
I kind of, I kind of got a little away from anime for a little bit, and then I saw Princess Mononoke. I want to say, you know, like that's a classic, classic. And and just watching this animation because you kind of here in America, you kind of forget, you kind of get wrapped up in like Disney style stuff where everything's a little clean or whatever. And then the first time like something intense happens, I was like, oh my god, animation can really just tell any kind of story. This is amazing. Yeah. So probably, yeah. My, I mean, once. I, I can't, I can't, yeah. Princess Mononoke is probably just, it. it's just right there whenever I, you know, think about my favorites. How about you? Yeah, I'd say if it was for me growing up, it's definitely, I have to go with the classics with like Dragon Ball Z. You oh, know, yeah. Because my older That's brother put song. that on to me, sir. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like, and you know what's crazy? It's just like when you're young, you know, like with like Yu-Gi-Oh! and, um, <laughs> what you call it a uh, pokemon and all the early 90s anime you don't you don't know that it's called anime when you're young you're like oh it's just cartoons but when you grow up you're like oh this is from a different country and it's called anime yeah. and it's just like when you grow up you just look at it like oh it's just oh it's mm-hmm. just cartoons but then it's like oh there's early dragon ball dubs where like they're cutting out cigarettes and all this weird stuff trying to make it like family family friendly yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing but when you're a kid you didn't even notice all the weird edits that they did and they did it much yeah once dragon ball z came in oh man that theme song so good so good so entertaining and when i when i found out that i bought dragon ball super it was like oh my gosh my mom knows what that show is i can actually say this one and they'll know what i'm talking about nice. mm-hmm. <laughs> i remember auditioning for that one so I played a couple of characters in, in Dragon Ball Super. I played a Ro. He's the Grand Poobah of the uh, Ninth Universe. Right. Supreme Kai. The Supreme Kai. Kai. Yeah. Screaming the whole time. Just nonstop. It was funny. The, the director, ADR director from that, he was like, man, this character does never not scream. Right, like Dragon Ball Z is like a screaming uh, contest. It's intense. Yeah, everybody's intense. Mm. I, I loved it. I know the voice acting, like for that one, like everybody, that's probably like a strain on your voices, probably. Well, you know, I I come from the world of musical theater, so like I'm, I warm up my voice for like 30 to 45 minutes before every mm. session. So I, I'm always prepared to just like, just hammer my voice for like four hours. You never, you never know what's gonna happen if if it's a new show or something. Uh, but it was, it was a, it was, a, it was definitely screamtastic. Oh, but I got through it. <laughs> Some of the other stuff, like I, I do, I do like video games and stuff. Now, I've done um, games uh, like several on like Switch and whatever. I like a uh, Smite, Paladins. Um, there's a. a I did uh, the My Hero Once Justice Two fighting game, okay. uh, where you're just kind of screaming. Now that My Hero or I'm, Once Justice, boy, that was a lot of screaming too. Well, <laughs> did you play your character, or were you like a background? Yeah, music? yeah. Uh, uh, so he was a uh, mimic, uh, Joey yeah. Hironaka. Uh, basically, he he wasn't he wasn't a fighter in the show or in the game, but he had a lot of uh, like cutscenes and stuff. Okay, so he's like in the story mode. Yeah, in the story mode. So basically, I I did almost all of the lines that I had done in the previous season. So all of those sessions that we did leading up, uh, Colleen, she's the ADR director for My Hero. 
And man, right off the bat, that was an interesting role because I, I didn't actually audition for that bad boy. Uh, she just brought me in, so I didn't know what to expect. Uh, and if if anybody's seen the show, Little Mimic, he's like this little, you know, he's got his little mask on, his little plague mask, almost kind of looks like a little precious penguin that yeah. counts money, except he's like he's the money man. He is like the he heads up stuff and then he gets angry and then he 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 controls an entire building so the vocal range mm-hmm. from going up like here and he just kind of lives to geez i'd have to turn down my volume and just just screaming as loud you know as deep and loudly as possible mm-hmm. uh was getting yeah, now that was a lot of fun vocal strain you just you just you just bite the bullet and just say you know what i'm gonna try not to lose my voice but here we go and uh, I managed to get through that. But then when we did the game, I got to do all of the lines all in one session. Yeah. <laughs> got right back to it. But I knew it so well at that point. I think I did everything in like one or two takes. So it was awesome. It was way easier than trying to, you know, suss out the characters initially. If you ever have to do screaming like five takes, then that can be really fatiguing. Mm-hmm. That's a strain on the voice, especially on the throat. Yeah, got to stay hydrated when you're doing this stuff. At this point, I'm like a, a professional baseball player. I've got all these weird little balms and liquids and weird things that I do to protect my voice during the session. Like, <laughs> if I can help it, every line I'm taking a sip of water or, or I have a, one of the little tricks in voiceover if you have a little tiny bit of a, like a smacky mouth. Yeah. Uh, it, it worked for some people. It didn't work for everybody. Uh they have a like a, a green apple they say is pretty good for it so um i don't know if it works for everybody but it works all right for me so i take little nibbles from time to time to keep those smackies away and then i have oh my god so many throat sprays i have this weird cayenne pepper stuff we we're talking about spicy stuff before we started recording yeah i imbue a lot of things with the spice as i go i have a little cup of coffee i throw cayenne pepper in that bad boy <laughs> keep it spicy it, it gets me through and I know we um you spoke about like your mom being a fan of uh Dragon Ball Super. Now, was your family and friends were they like super supportive of you being a voice actor? Or were they like, oh, there you might want to go a little bit more realistic or you know? Well, yeah, I, I I'm pretty happy to say that my mom has been an incredible cheerleader, no matter what stupid decisions I made in my life. <laughs> Man, shout out She's to moms. Shout out to mom. Thanks, mom. No, she's she's always been great. I in a previous life, I actually did uh, I did TV production. So while I was growing up, I did theater, but I also did uh, behind the scenes stuff. I was a I did motion graphics design and eventually photojournalism, and then a programming director for a, 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 a TV station. But uh, at some point, I, I got I got burnt out on the technical side, the behind the scenes side. Right, and uh, you know. I also, God bless her, you know, the thing that, that always gets people real turned up in their life to make interesting life choices. I had a, I had a bad boss, a bad boss will make you do crazy things. That's yes, sir. To do my audition. Like I went, I went into like two other States to do this crazy tour audition and uh, darn if it, I didn't book it only because I just didn't want to keep doing what I was doing. <laughs> I was making all right money. You know, I had insurance and all that stuff. 
that's not exactly you know something that you can always do in in the voice acting world you gotta you gotta you gotta hustle right but uh i i've done a lot of crazy turns you know along the way you got you got to stay humble you got to stay hungry and you know can't be afraid of you know taking on a, a little job or you know if, if you haven't quite you know booked the big stuff yet i, I you know about nine ten years ago i you know in between long gigs i i did the you know do a little good hard work working at the local gas station for a little bit before you know work picks up again you do what you gotta do and i but geez i've been very very lucky doing what i do yeah man everybody has a come-up story you know what i'm saying just because you start from the bottom don't mean you can't go where you're going and you know, staying flexible through life. You know, I I remember reading about oh, I can't remember his name, but you know, pretty awesome actor in the eighties and nineties. You know, somebody made a big deal about this guy working at like Trader Joe's, dude. Like, if something gives you joy, also, like, I, there's there's no shame in doing that stuff while you're also acting. That's cool. You do you. Exactly, man. It's all about being happy and following your passion. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I'm not just. Of you know, voice actor is not what makes me me. Everybody has a job. That's cool. You know, I I just happened. I feel almost like a carny at the circus. You know, I can't believe I got to run away to the circus and be a little weird. But like, I still I still have to be professional about it. <laughs> you know, have work ethic. You know, have be pretty good at timing and you know not be late for stuff if I can help it. Unless you know my computer crashes. <laughs> but like. I don't know. I like. I. I also. I like to. I like to paint. I. I hope everybody that you know, if you want to get into voice acting or whatever, you know, that's cool. That's not the thing that makes you who you are. You know, I, I know a lot of people that are like. If only I become voice actor, I'll be happy. If only I get the house, I'll be happy or whatever. That's just part of it. Like, if if as long as you're focused on being you during the process, you know, that's easier said than done. You know, sometimes we get wrapped up in, you know, particularly in the last you know, year and a half or two years of wacky, you know, panini fun. It's been a little interesting, you know, mental, mental, uh, stress, but like, it's, it's important to stay focused on finding something that keeps you, you the whole time. You know, if you're lucky, you get to be a voice actor, but if you're lucky, like you can be a nice, awesome human being. That's way better. I try to be that. <laughs> yeah. Man, Cause I remember and it's my question. Like, you were saying that I was reading your your um your tweet, your pen tweet. And when I met you at AWA, you were so cool and genuine and you know, you were just just an awesome guy. And you know, in the, on your pen tweet, you said hashtag be a good person. And I just want to ask, what made you want to promote being a good person and why is that important to you? You know, I wanna my favorite kind of people to work with more than once are good people. I, I've worked with some awesome, incredibly talented people that I'm not sure I'd want to work with again, just because, you know, like too much drama or, you know, like vampire, like energy vampire, or like they, some people are unsafe, like not, not necessarily in voice work, but like you got like a method acting that just, you know, sometimes will like really punch you or something like it's 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 crazy like if a person thinks about the well-being of the other person that they're working with or interacting with either the job or not you know just in the real world dude that's just i don't know it, it 
it's the kind of thing that makes me actually want to be here on earth, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, man. Just being, just be a humble, kind human breed and just spreading love, you know what I'm saying? Positivity. Spread love. Be the kind of person that you want to be with, you know? Uh, it's reciprocal, you know, that golden rule, you know, just don't be artificially nice, you know, find a way to be yourself. You know, if you're not feeling great, you don't always have to say, I'm awesome, you know, if, if you're not, but like, be kind, be a, be a good person, even, you know, because you don't know what baggage or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, if, if you don't know what story another person has brought with them, like they could be having a terrible day and you're showing up to say like a recording studio and like, you know, they may not be like, woo, like the, like chipper or whatever, but like they could have had something awful happen to them. You don't know that. So like before a person just, you know, it just, you know, if you're kind right off the bat with, you know, humility and understand that, you know, they're, they're people just as much as I am, you know, I'm no, I'm no better than anyone else. I, we all have great capabilities. Maybe, you know, I, I I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of person myself. I, you know, not everybody is, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like that's important. You know, man, I, I respect it too, because, you know, like, like you said, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know how people might feel. And, you know, that's why I don't ever try to be poisoned by society about whether somebody's, you know what I'm saying, like race, religion, gender, or their sexuality. I just try to treat everybody with the utmost respect. And you know what? Like those people who I do, whether they're like, um, they're based on their gender or sexuality, race, you know, the the blessing came right back around because when I was down, they were able to open doors for me. And I was like, you know what? If I were to be like a prejudice or just a look down type of person, I wouldn't be in this opportunities. I wouldn't have this blessing, you know, come through come to me if I was this type of person, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it's just the blessings come right back full circle. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it, it can be whatever you want to call it, like karma or, you know, the golden rule or, you know, I, I feel like whatever you put out there, you tend to get back, you know, right. if you put out, uh, you know, at least try, even if you don't necessarily agree with a person like love and acceptance, because, you know, whatever they're doing doesn't really, you know, change how you're going to live your life. So just, just, you know, love, just love them. It's okay. Exactly. And then like, it's, it's incredible. What, what happens when you, when you send love out, love comes right back. All right. Exactly. So, Derek, you've been in the anime voice acting game for, I say, would you would you say how long you've been in there? Let's Maybe? say, yeah, over seven years. Yeah. Not eight yet, but yeah, we're in that little neighborhood. Because I know I was doing my research, and you've done numerous, a lot of voices. And <laughs> I know there's a good side and a bad side to any industry you're in. And I know we were talking yeah. about a little bit. So I just want your opinion, like, in the anime uh, industry or just like animation in general, like if you had, if there's something that you could change for the better that you say, wow, this really needs to be changed in the industry and it needs to go, or I wish I had the power to change it. What would that be to you? 
Hmm. It could be like the work environment, unfair treatment, I, opportunities, like you know, I, I feel like we've learned some really interesting life lessons in the last just in the last five years, it seems about like casting authentic people in there, you know, uh, it, it was it's funny how time flows like 15 years ago, anybody would be playing like ethnic roles and stuff like that. In my mind, it's just like we didn't. Nobody thought about it, or I. I, I, There were people that were thinking about it, but like people were willingly or or stupidly, I don't know what, just ignorantly not thinking about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like uh, you know, casting you know like you know, you know, uh, roles of color and just you know just dummies like me going out and, and playing that stuff just because casting directors would. And, you know, actors are hungry and until like people actually called it out and said, oh, maybe we should. It's it's funny just watching the world actually in, in terms of production open their eyes in the last like five years, actually doing the right thing about that kind of stuff. That's been pretty great. I've like I've been pretty excited about like watching really interesting, um, unique actors that like deserved a voice to be heard. That's great. Like tra- some awesome uh, uh just you know uh, actors of of uh and you know in the lgbtq world that are able to find more interesting i think more should be done for that kind of stuff like finding finding interesting uh important act like great actors those actors exist it's just they haven't been necessarily been given the outlet in terms of casting i feel like in the last couple of years i feel like that has been like tilting more towards something equitable Right. Um, there's more to, there's more to do, uh, in terms of that. Um, in, in, I think in, in, in terms of what really needs to be worked on, I mean, I don't really have a lot of, I wish I had, I mean, I'm just an actor, so I, I don't have, I, I don't, I haven't directed much, so I don't, I don't have a, like a huge amount of power in casting, but I've, I've seen some, uh, you know, empowered casting directors, uh, uh, my friend, uh, Caitlin Glass. She has been casting a wide variety of, of uh, people of, of, of multiple ethnicities, colors, and, and uh, stances in just really interesting ways. Um, more, more, please. More, please. There's plenty of work for me. I mean, I'll, I'll always be able to find work. Just you know, like the more, there's, so, there's so many different shows. There's so much different media. Uh, also, yeah, in terms of things that um, can open up, like, I feel like, like, 10 years ago, like, uh, anime has become way more uh, public, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mainstream, in in terms of, like, what people are, are cool with watching, you know, it used to be just, like, nerd was a bad thing, now nerd is a good thing. Exactly. So everybody has hopped on. Right. Um so there's there's all these other like low lower not lower tier like smaller production animes that uh, anime anime shows that just I think now is a great time to start bringing out like uh, in term you know in terms of my part of the industry in English dubs like I, I'm I'm all for bringing out dubs that just never quite made it you know ten years ago there's so much material out there um, also um, you know 
equitability in i live in a, a right to work state I, I try not to rock the boat too much with like you know um union stuff but um i feel like as this is more like a weird little behind the scenes that you know not a, everybody that watches anime kind of focuses on but uh, uh equitable um uh, contracts for for voiceover uh rates and hours that stuff i feel is also improving but there could be more like I live in a, a right to work state, but I also work, you know, on both coasts that do union productions, right. um, uh, m more, yeah. Equitable, uh, rates of pay and stuff. It's, it, it kind of is, is happening. It's been happening like the last two years, but you know, there's always more work to be done on that side. Yeah. Especially like when you said like, uh, more like material like for anime and more like ethnic also like just opening more doors for like different material basically mm -hmm. instead of just like yeah. the standards like one of my one of my uh, great um i love working with him uh zeno robinson yeah I'm, i know that that's he, my guy he kills it he kills it, it he kills it he kills it he kills it and he is like it, it, i'm so glad that like you don't have to worry about like casting to like the particular, you know, color palette of whatever was in it. It's a cartoon. It's okay. And like these voices, he sounds perfect for, you know, almost just everything. It's great. I, I love hearing him. And so, yeah, just being able to open up the casting for this kind of stuff, just more of that. Yes, please. I love Zeno. Yeah, man. Um, I met Zeno um, back at earlier this year in DreamCon. Very, very cool dude, man. Yeah. And you know, we also talk, I don't know if you ever heard of this, uh, Anime After Dark. Okay. I, I've heard of it. I, I haven't. Yeah. It's the, basically this discussion of like, you know, we talk, we give our opinions and, um, we, you know, we let anybody talk. You know, Zeno usually comes through a lot and, you know, he gives his take on everything too, just trying to give his side and his perspective of the also the industry and everything and you know shout out to everybody at anime after dark worst gen and blanime uh because he you know like i feel like just because you guys are actors you know i don't look at it as a oh just shut up just do your voices because you guys play a part in this industry and you guys see more so i know you guys have your own perspectives and your own thoughts about how the industry can be like um, a better place and you can create the change and just, you know, just give your own thoughts too. Because like I said, you guys yeah. play a part in the industry as well. You know, just uh, several years ago, I had to be the one to like say no to like characters that were, you know, tropes or, or stuff like that. As an actor, you know, it's hard to say no, but as you, the more you work and the more that you want to represent the things that you want to have change in the world, you've got to start. I have to start saying you know, like no to certain projects. And I'm not going to call any you know particular ones out because you know that's wooed. But uh, like yeah, I feel like it shouldn't necessarily be our job to not like in terms of casting. You know, it, roles should open up in a in a more organic way. But if they don't, sometimes you know we've got to push in our you know from what little strengths that we have from our little corners and there's loads of us as actors so you know maybe there is a little strength when you all get together yeah because i remember um i guess the i know he was like the voice of cleveland i think he stepped down because he said i feel like another person could play this role because of you know i'm playing a certain character and i'm just 
doing it and I'm taking an opportunity from somewhere else. Dude, the weirdest thing, like 30 years ago when I, okay, I'm, yeah, I guess, geez, I'm old. I'm 42. Uh, Not that old. 30 years ago. Well, yeah, indeed, indeed. Until you walk up, like, you got a bunch of fans that are, like, 15, 16. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> but, but like, I remember, I cannot believe this, but I'm old enough to have watched, like, people do stuff in, like, like blackface on TV on, like, Saturday Night Live. It, it was, and nobody thought anything about it. And then once you just said, hey, guys, look at what we're doing. And then everybody went, oh, my God. And then, like, like a switch, it changed. But like, at some point, who's the one? Like, maybe we have to be the people to call that kind of stuff out. Because like, it was coming from an okay place at the time, but it was coming from a place of ignorance. Like, mm -hmm. I love me some Billy Crystal, but he was doing, you know, he, I'm not sure he necessarily thought about it as black, but dude, dude he was brown. He's, you, get, you can't do that. And he, of course, he didn't do it now. And he, you know, he he rails against it. But like, that was that was not that long ago. It's crazy right and if you are like 15 like your whole life you haven't even heard of that thing but like you go back just a couple years earlier and like we got okay maybe a little older but like 50 years ago like at breakfast at tiffany's you know you got people doing like the worst like asian impressions ever as a main character just the worst right but like at the time they're like oh it's funny oh no I think I feel like maybe in twenty years we're gonna look back on ourselves and we're gonna see like we've got blind spots when we're living here and now. Right. Uh, but it's important to accept that we have blind spots and as we see them, say, "Oh yeah, it's time to change some stuff." That's cool. There's other there's other places to be funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe maybe not paint ourselves in funny colors, huh? Exactly. Like there's another way to execute it. We just didn't know. Right. And see, going through like even like when you say you turn down roles and something that that you wouldn't do, will you say there um what are like some of the most frustrating things about being a voice actor and being in the business? We would you say? Uh, well, it it kind of depends. Uh, you know, depending on. The more the longer you work, you you tend to work with multiple directors more than once. That's how you get a you know a stable uh, line of work. You know you don't just do one gig with one director. If they like you, you continue to work with them, and that's great. Sometimes even then you can be like typecast in a particular style, and that can be a little frustrating. But I've I've been pretty lucky uh, to have like initially when I started, I. I was coming from a, a different world of like intense character, you know, voice manipulation. So I was going way low or way high. And then I uh, realized I didn't have to do that. I could just be myself and that's cool. But like, you know, multiple directors kind of see you a certain way. And sometimes for better or worse, you know, you could kind of get typecast or, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know what my voice sounds like. I can't change it. You know, sometimes you get some people that, uh, think that I may sound one particular, like just like another voice actor or whatever. And I, I can't really control that. You know, it's, it's, it's not so much necessarily frustrating as like non-plussing. I'm just like, okay, well, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> If you think I sound like, a, like somebody you love, awesome. That's great. At least you, I hope you like them. Yeah, when I was doing like, when I was doing like character work, like on camera stuff. Yeah. So I'm five, five. And, and during, there was this hot, hot moment where i was doing a lot of uh i can do a pretty sweet uh, michael j fox impression 
I can hop on that skateboard back to the future style for a little bit. I'm a little older now, but there, there for a little while, I was booking so much stuff around that stuff. Uh, but at some point you just gotta, you just take a little step away. It's like, okay, I'm just going to try to find some stuff so I can just be me. <laughs> Feel that. Cause I know, um, I don't know if you're, uh, known for this particular story, but I forgot the guy who plays, um, it was a Ren and Stimpy, and he plays Fry from Futurama. Billy, I think it's Billy West. Is Billy name. West? Yeah. Billy West. Billy yeah. West. Because I remember him. He was doing this thing for Ren and Stimpy, and he was very, very pissed at the creator because he's like, "I try to keep doing this voices and voice." He said it was the worst gig that he ever had because, I guess the um the creator's a perfectionist, and it's like he'll like he'll do it over and over and over and over and over, and it's just like. You know, but they also said that he was kind of corrupt in the head as well. I mean, he was just. Yeah, Renz, is it, was that is that John K? Yeah, that's yeah. who it was. Yeah, back in a different life when I was doing motion graphics, I actually wanted to be an animator. I took some classes from him before everything went down. He was one of those <laughs> highly problematic people. You met him before? Uh, on the like on the internet, yeah. Ah. So he did some, like some uh, seminars on animation and stuff. Yeah. On, they were awesome at the time because, you know, I didn't know him personally. But, yeah, once everything went down, I was like, I would take those classes. I don't know. I have a um, I have a segment on my podcast. It's called Dark Tales of the Entertainment Industry. Yeah. And when I broke down and I found all the stuff he did, I said, wow. Yeah, well, hot mess, hot mess. There's there's a lot of hot messes in the world. It, you know, if, if the work is good, it's amazing how people will, like, enable that kind of stuff until – you know, it becomes really loud, and then it, then everybody's like, "Oh, geez, it's like a cult." Like every like the the fog lifts, and everybody's like, "What was I thinking? How was I working with this person?" <laughs> all right, and that's what goes with all the gatekeepers and everything too. Like you, yeah. when we're too. Yup. Yeah. Usually, it's like producers, higher ups. I'm I'm just a peon actor, little fella. I don't have any power, but it's interesting to watch from afar when all that kind of weird stuff happens. <laughs> all right. Just be a good person. Don't be a weirdo. Right. Don't be weird. It's okay to be weird, but don't be like, don't be a, don't be, don't be two things. Try not to be a sex pest if you can help it. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe like people like, like they're ob like not objects, like real people. Maybe that's nice. It's amazing how far you can get. Like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, like being a good person. Because I don't know, like you know, people have this rumor, like oh, if they're in Hollywood and. Yeah, they're this way a certain way, but they're, you know, like you said, there were some genuine people you make you feel comfortable coming to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always, it's always a bright spot when a person with like in, cause I feel like the higher ups, like the higher person gets in power, the, it's not like they get corrupted, but they get so busy that they forget to be a person sometimes around groups of people. It's always a delight. Like when I used to do a lot more on camera stuff or even like working uh, you know, in this industry where I get to hang out with like some heavy hitters that are directing or whatever, they're like just being pretty cool. You know, they're just being normal without um, how, you know, they don't think that they are the thing. Yeah. That's always nice. So you can like you can joke around or or like, they, you know, they actually want to they want to interact with you in a way. And that's always pretty darn nice. That's always refreshing when I walk into a place and, you know, that happens. That's my that's my favorite. Mm -hmm. so like out of everything what is the greatest 
thing about being a voice actor? The greatest thing for me, there's, there's my boy. I, I'm, I'm really bad at number one things. I'm really sorry. It could be multiple things too. Yeah, the greatest, the because there's a there's a two parter. One, voice acting in that moment is for me kind of like therapy because you get to be somebody else. You get to sometimes you get to scream or go crazy and be something that you would never want to be in in like necessarily in the real world. Like you can be the worst bad guy ever. And you can walk out of it and like, there's no harm, no foul. Or you can like be as, you can be six feet tall and I'm five, five. And this is great. I can, I can sound, I can sound much taller. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's free therapy in the booth. And then the magic of working in anime is this wonderful, really cool. After the fact you've recorded things have aired. And then like, you get to go to some like, convention or something and you get to see and interact with people that you have touched their lives in like interesting surprising ways that is incredibly inspirational it has been so it brings me joy when i see the joy that people have gotten from uh, something that i've worked on that's just like mind-blowing because you know you work on something and then you almost forget that you even did it and then they remind you of that spark that you did and gave them. That is, yeah, that's that's like one of my favorite feelings is just I'm very empathetic. <laughs> just watching somebody. I like my last convention. I think it was in Atlanta. There, this, uh, this, uh, the the sister of uh, an autistic her autistic brother. Uh, he he couldn't make it, but she she brought some some pictures of him wearing uh, his fire force shirt that he wore like every day, and it made him so happy. And so I recorded, you know, a nice little, I just, you know, set a nice little video for him to say hi and all that stuff. And like, you could, she was like excited for him. And then later on, they got in touch with me and like, it was just so nice to, to see the joy, like just my, my silly voice could bring to somebody. That's incredible. That's very beautiful. and very touching. You know, this. And I know you do a lot of anime work too. So are we... Are you going to mainly stick with anime in the future? Or are we going to go back? I know earlier you said about video games and tunes. Or are you really going to? I'm, I'm, I've been working with both coasts on some projects in the nature of uh, these kind of things, NDAs, man. The, the bigger stuff that you work on, the less you can talk about it. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, dude, there's, there's more to come. Uh, anime, I love anime. It's great. I live here in, in uh, Anime Central here in DFW, and you know the Dallas market. So there's all kinds of great projects. I can't see me anytime, you know, leaving it totally behind. But there's some great uh, video game projects. There's some great other animated projects that I've been working on, and someday <laughs> I'll be able to talk about all that stuff. <laughs> but I'm very lucky to be working on what I have right now. I love the animes. Yes, sir. <laughs> anime is fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, man. Oh, Before we um get out of here, I just have um just one request for you, bro. Mm-hmm. Can we please um I won't, can you say something in um when your Shinra voice? Uh, can you say I would like you say can you say if the ops are coming for me, I'm pulling up with the smoke, gang, gang. If the ops are 
coming. What, what was it? I'm writing it down. If, <laughs> if the ops are coming for me, I'm pulling up with the smoke. Gang, gang. Pulling up with the smoke. Gang. <laughs> yes, sir. I sound like such a sound like such a goober right now just saying this. Right <laughs> it's so funny. First, I'm going like, to say it like Derek. <clears throat> if the ops are coming for me, I'm pulling up with the smoke. Gang, gang. Is that correct? Is that is that what we're about to say? Yes, sir. And uh, I am not Shin Rakusa Kabe, but I do voice Shin Rakusa Kabe. And mm. if he were here, I think he might say, Hey, heroes, if the ops are coming for me, I'm pulling up with the smoke, gang, gang. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> that was freaking amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the magic of voice. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm cool. <laughs> right, they're gonna love this. Oh my gosh, bro, they're gonna, you don't know, they're gonna yeah, love this, man. Oh my man, Derek, oh man, thank you so much for coming through, man. You were like uh, a super amazing person, man. It was just a pleasure talking to you, and oh, my pleasure, man. I hope, I hope everybody at the uh, at Geek World enjoys you. Our, our little weird fun time. <laughs> Man, I, I had a blast doing this. Thank you so much. No. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all for tuning into the Geek World Podcast. I want to thank my special guest, Derek Snow, for coming through and blessing us with his voice and his stories and just being a genuine, amazing person. You know? One of the coolest people I ever met. Shucks. Sir. Thank you. Sir, Ryan. Thanks. Signing out. And I don't know if you anything you else want to think before we go. Um, no, I've had a great time. Oh, oh, I did want to, um, I don't know when this airs, but I, I've got, you know, a virtual convention with, uh, jeez, oh, I don't even know with these wonderful things. I do so many, uh, little weird. Hold on, hold on. Let me Google myself real quick. What am I doing right now? I've got GalaxyCon Live. Oh, dude, GalaxyCon Live. It's uh, this uh, it's this weekend. That's going to be fun. I'll be doing some uh, fun little autographs. And I've always got more of those kind of things. So just hit up my Twitter, hit up my Instagram. I'm somewhere. Just find. I usually post that kind of stuff as, as it comes. But I'm very happy. Well, it was like I say, it was a pleasure having you on, boss. I appreciate you so much. I enjoyed our conversation so much. Absolutely, same man. No. All right. Without further ado, we out. Yeah. Person.